0: That's who. Back to that in a second. The Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline staked out in Franklin, Indiana. This our good friend Bob Lovell on a Friday. How you doing, Bob?
1: I thought you already had the uh, the uh, chaps. I thought you already had the... <laughs> well, one, one,
0: one, one can never have enough, Bob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs>
0: one can never have a, a enough. I know you're going to be talking about that city tournament coming up this weekend, yeah,
1: too. What's yeah. uh,
0: What struck you about it to this point? Anything?
1: Well, yeah, I, you know, Cathedral's really good. And Chantard uh, has had a great season they their rank. Ken Rosen's doing a great job. I love what Chris Hawkins does at Attics And coming to, uh, to Christian, you, know, you got four uh, solid teams, but it's a Cathedral team that John legitimately can win a state championship again. They're that good. It's a different team, obviously, but they're still pretty good
0: tell you you come off the uh, the county tournament which was last week absolutely outstanding right. with those uh, semis and then the final going over at southport i wish one of these days i wish there was a way to mesh this whole thing city and county together i think that'd be a hell of a time
1: it'd be a great tournament there's no question um, and it's um yeah, I'm not sure. A lot of administrative hurdles to overcome you. <laughs> well I think, yes. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. It'd be good.
0: That is a uh, way, way is, uh, too much to overcome right there, without question.
1: Well, yeah. But these, you know, these are two I mean, county and city tournaments back to back are really special. And I'm I'm in that campus believes that if it's not broken, don't need to fix it. So right. it's always it's always great. And it gives us as fans. Two straight weeks of some great basketball. Yeah,
0: there's no doubt about that, and that's what matters the most. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk, tonight, tomorrow night. Brought to you by your 14th Central Indiana. CarX Locations, carx.com, to find the Joe Childress Run CarX Location nearest you today. So there's one, a big-time place, CarX-wise, over in in Brownsburg. And in Brownsburg's got something going on hoops-wise over there, don't they?
1: Well, we've talked about it before. I mean, C. Lynch is a tremendous coach. He's won wherever he's been. They defend you uh, skill-wise. They have some really talented guys. They have playmakers. It's a potent combination when you have uh, playmakers who can play above the rim, knock down shots, and then turn around and defend you. And they have all of those things. So they are, listen, they're, they are a legitimate contender. There's no question. Ranked as highly as they are for a reason, because they're they're very, very good. They don't beat themselves, they don't make mistakes. And when you play them, you will have to you'll work hard to get a shot. They'll make it very, very hard for you to do that. And the matchups go against you. They, they have some individual talents. that It's very hard to match up with. So they're, they're very, very good. So
0: Bob level who joins us, we're in Ben Davis, Brownsburg, cathedral, you know, center Grove. We've talked a great deal about Kokomo. Uh, and I guess I would all, I would call all those teams within our area. So if you would, the best team or two, that you have seen, you have talked about so far this season, outside of of that type of, not just the Donut County, but maybe a, a little bit right. further out, outside of Central Indiana, so to speak. Here,
1: well, I mean, a lot of people really like uh, Al Rhodes's Penn team, uh, and and I can see why. They're they're, they're very good. Uh, he's one of the best. He's, he's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, they're very good. Uh, they're, they're playing awfully, awfully well. Uh, I think one of the problems that that they might have is, is that don't play the schedule that Ben Davis and Cathedral and, and others do. But they've, you know, they're eleven and one. Um, they've got a tough matchup tonight with Mishawaka. Here's the be- maybe the best game in the state, John. Mishawaka Marion. I'm sorry, they're playing Mishawaka Marion, who's number one in three A. Mishawaka Marion's fourteen and one. Played for a championship a year ago. Uh, taking on Penn, it's eleven and one. Uh, so I, I, you know, I would start start with those those are two pretty good teams Jennings county down south is 13 and one yep. uh they're, they're really 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 I good i believe
0: their lone loss is center grove right is that their it lone is. loss absolutely yeah
1: absolutely uh, uh so you know you you just there are there are a, those are a couple teams that i think make make a lot of sense and and uh, you know if they're it's kind of funny because you you're out there in Jennings County. Mike Broughton uh, coached there for a while. Obviously, they've had great basketball, but this is one of those years where they're putting everything together. Uh, Harrison at West Lafayette is twelve and one, deserves some love. But uh, the predominance of the Central Indiana schools is strong in four A and, and even in three A. It's um, you know there there's some really really good basketball teams. Uh, all, all over the state, without question. But you know, we're kind of jaded here in Central Indiana. There's some really, really, really good teams.
0: Yeah, you um, you can you can see yeah, some of these I'm teams. The
1: North Davy story. Yeah, yeah
0: you can see some of these teams catching a little Davies. bit of fire right now too, Bob. You can see that.
1: You know, you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, and they're starting to play. You know, you, the dog days of January are here, and this is when you have to really pick yourself up. And uh, I just think it's uh, it's incredible you know what teams have been able to do to this point you know you played 15 games or so you only you you've only lost one or you're doing this well that's pretty impressive quite frankly because this is one of those years where there's great balance all around the state, I think, in basketball. Yeah,
0: I mean, especially, you, you go further south, you, you know, the Jack Banner story that's going on at Brownstown Central, more than right, just a, right. a broken backboard or anything like that. You mentioned, I think, with good reason, <laughs> Jennings County and uh, what they've done so far. There are a lot of good stories. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk later on tonight will catch you updates on everything that is going on. Uh, also, Final weekend, I believe, of the girls' regular season. You guys right, had right, the sectional right. draw on on Sunday, so it would lead me to this. Um, in four A, is is anybody going to be able to touch South Bend, Washington, in your estimation?
1: Ah, uh, listen, I think uh, South Bend, Washington, without question, they're they're really good. I think everybody understands that. Uh, but I also think that, quite frankly, th- there are teams uh, that can, that can challenge them. I, I I think that it's a situation where, um, you know, playing in three A for the last couple of years, uh, they they clearly dominated, uh, and um, they dominated for a reason. They they've been able to go out and and really, you know, talent wise, um, they're hard hard for teams to, to match up with them. Uh, on the girls' side. But I, I just think that it's a situation now where you're playing some really, really good teams and you could be matched up with some, some great ones. Now, uh, you know, Greg and I are doing it, obviously, on uh, on Sunday. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing for us. But, you know, Noblesville, Zionsville, Fishers, you know, you're, you're talking about, you know, these the Central Indiana schools again, HSE. Think about that sectional, you know, when you've got uh, <laughs> Zionsville, Fishers, yeah. HSE. Uh, Those are teams ranked in the top 10, uh, and they've been there. uh, They've done that. Uh, I think, um, you know, uh, Southend Washington might get a challenge uh, with Homestead, uh, Valpo, if they play them, Lake Central, if they play them. So there's some schools up north that don't make it an automatic uh, trip down to uh, play for the championship. But they're clearly, you know, it's a tremendous story. I think everybody understands uh, the coach, dad, you know, dad and his daughters, and what they've done—they're twenty and zero right now, and uh, they wrap it up uh, tonight with uh, with Jim Tan. But um, I, I think uh, you know, four A is is really, really uh, a, a tough class. Uh, you you got to give them credit—they've won two championships in three A. Uh, they're ranked number one. Um, they haven't lost in a long, long time. They have uh, you know some tremendous players, and so. Uh, it will not be an easy thing for them to do because I think they'll get some challenges and some pretty good teams here in central, central Indiana.
0: So, Bob Lovell with us. Before I let you go, uh, I want to give a little bit of love because I know you keep track of what you UND is doing in men's yeah. basketball this year. And Paul Cassaro, you know him very well. I know him very well. And the type of job he and his staff right. and those players are doing on Indy's south side so far this year.
1: Well, I had the chance to get down there to watch him uh, Monday night as uh, Jesse Bingham scored his 1,000th point. Jesse's dad played for me at IUPUI, was an NAI All-American Hall of Famer at IUPUI, and, and uh, young Jesse at UND, they're good, John. I mean, the thing that I liked about them, you, know, they, you look at them, uh, they, have, they look like a Division One team physically. Uh, big, strong, they've got great quickness. Multiple guys can shoot three. They defend you. Uh, they're, they're a well-put-together group. Paul does, as you mentioned, a tremendous job. Um, they don't have too many weaknesses. They have guys who can uh, get to the rim. They have guys who can knock down shots. A couple of big guys who give you a presence at both ends of the floor. Uh, tremendous schedule that they play. Uh, but they're they're doing so well. There's talk about them possibly hosting a uh, regional round in the Division Two tournament if they continue to play the way they're playing. So uh if you haven't had a chance to watch this incarnation of the Hounds, I'd encourage you to do it because they're fun to watch. Oh, and they, yes. they come at you the entire time.
0: No doubt about that. we got to get uh, things fixed over in Terre Haute, though. That's been problematic as uh, of late.
1: Look, You know what? It's uh, a long year. (laughs) Conference play is really, really hard. It really doesn't matter. Even though the Valley is not nearly as good as the Valley used to be, it's still a pretty competitive league. And so uh, don't jump off the bandwagon yet. I think they'll turn it around. But, yeah, they're going through those normal ups and downs that you have uh, whenever you're in conference play. And, um, I think, you know, this is a a weekend. I think they can get themselves back on track, but, um, John, again, uh, it, it you know how it is. It's just a, a basket here, a basket there, a call here, a call there, uh, the difference between some things and, uh, more than anything, uh, you've got to, you can't in that league. you have to be prepared every night. And, um, you know so it's one of those things can they get turned around at murray murray's a tough place to play they'll be there on saturday and uh the racers that is one of the more difficult places to play at any level of college basketball so you know if you're a team like the sycamores who are struggling and this is this is a wrong team wrong place wrong time right now
0: yeah closing the games have been uh, the issue That's it. as of yeah. of late there's no doubt about that all right tomorrow Tonight, he's got you covered, everything basketball-wise, everything sports-wise. You can check him out, again, throughout the network Indiana-affiliated stations in the state of Indiana. Bob Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by 14 Central Indiana CarX locations to find the one nearest you. That's carx.com today. Have a blast on the radio this weekend, and we'll catch up again as we get closer and closer to some some, uh, post-season postseason. Some postseason one and done type of situations. Win and move on or win and go home with the girls getting ready to start here and not too soon. So it uh, it's uh, getting to be that fun time of year, Bob.
1: Absolutely, John. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. You got a Bob
0: Lovell of Indiana Sports Talk right there. The Andy Moore Automotive Group Potline, Golden Black Illustrated. He's a music man himself up in West Lafayette. <laughs> Tommy D. Tom Deeter joins us. How you doing, brother?
2: Hey, back in the day, the 1980s for me, Headbangers Ball was appointment television. Yes, buddy. it was, buddy.
0: Yes, it was. Well, look at the area in which you're from. I mean, it's Axl Rose area. <laughs> Shannon, Absolutely. the late Shannon Hoon's area. Yeah. Is that Izzy Stradlin's from there too? Yeah, isn't yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Izzy Stradlin, two, two guys, Lafayette Jeff guys. So yeah, I mean, uh, so so it's Axel it's, and Izzy were Lafayette Jeff dudes. Lafayette Jeff. I think Shannon Hoon was McCutcheon, Matt. Yeah. Now, now, but, uh, now would
0: Izzy and and Axel be the? How should I put this? The uh, the most notable of the former Lafayette Jeff. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, where, where is that list? What does that list include?
2: Just, I mean, notable graduates overall.
0: Yeah, nor, yeah I, mean, I, 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 I stopped short of saying they graduated. I
2: don't know
0: let's if they say, did or not, but yeah. We, we,
2: we'll say attended. How about that?
0: Attended. Yeah, yeah, walk the halls for a point in time. Yeah.
2: You know, there can't be anybody bigger than Axl Rose, my goodness. you know, But you know who did go there? And you can appreciate this, John. Who's that? Richard Aphis, otherwise known as Dick the Bruiser. No way. I didn't know Dick the Bruiser went to Lafayette Jeff. Dick the Bruiser. Pretty sure. You may want to, you may want to get your research crew on that, but I'm pretty sure Dick the Bruiser, Lafayette Jeff Bronco, my friend, That is awesome. Everybody in Indiana knows who Dick the Bruiser is, of course.
0: I'm going to tell you, there were no better days than getting up on a Saturday morning and watching <laughs> Dick the Bruiser and Bobo Brazil and that group wrestle at some <laughs> Indiana armory. You know what I mean? <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
2: Dick DeBruy, you're right. Bobo Brazile. Boy, you're taking me way back. Yukon uh. Moose Cholock. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, – there was There was one, yeah, Yukon Moose Cholock, and there was uh, – oh, man, not, not Kink. I'll think of some other guys. Yeah, it was just a lot of fun. I'm like, you. sometimes I go back on YouTube and just watch old wrestling, um, you know, stand-up promos and whatnot. Just, I, 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't laugh any harder. And when I'm watching those things, it's a lot of fun watching the characters. Well,
0: when, when you get that too on YouTube, you'll also note that if it's out of Indianapolis and in Channel 4, it'll probably catch some of the old school commercials of Bill's Unclaimed Freight and, you know, Chuck Callahan Ford, I believe is what it was. And some of those old school, you know, the whole Don's Guns commercial back oh, yeah, in the old. Don's, you you Don's will catch Guns. all of those commercials at some point in time. It's pretty special.
2: There was always a guy, you probably don't remember, a light heavyweight boxing named Marvin Johnson. Oh, yeah. I think he was a champ for a while. He used to endorse some car dealership down there. But, yeah, the Dons, Guns. And there was another guy he used to always say, there was a car guy who would always go, nobody. Yeah,
0: that's Chuck Callahan. The Chuck Callahan Ford, I thought, what that was. So, Yeah.
2: That's that's some good advertising. If I remember that forty years later.
0: (laughs) Telling you, no. But seriously, I had no idea Dick the Bruiser attended Lafayette Jeff. That is that is pretty awesome. That might be the only name you could come up with that would get close to Axl Rose or Izzy
2: Stradlin. I mean, you think about Axl Rose; he's one of the greatest rock figures. Ever, isn't he? Is, is, is that an overstatement on my part? Oh, no, no, no. no. As, far buyers, as, I mean,
0: as far as lead rock lead guys? No, he's, yes. He's uh, he's, he's, he's certainly stands. upper tank. He is hey, upper that tank. Band,
2: that band took us from the 80s to the 90s, sort of a bridge. That's when t- getting tattoos became cool. And all that mushy, mushy Cinderella white lion, white snake stuff, there's too much of it. And here comes Guns N' Roses by 1987, 88, and bam, well, I, I, That really kick-started and changed heavy metal and then kind of took us into grunge.
0: I don't know what was better for them, though, because they, they kind of all jacked around and couldn't get along and couldn't get things yeah. restarted again. If that was better for them, because everybody at that point in time was going to get swallowed up by anything alternative at that moment, whether it was Nirvana or Pearl Jam or Soundgarden or Alice in Chains, all that stuff was going to get swallowed up, and it didn't. Um, it just kind of disappeared um, because of the infighting that went on in the band So I, I don't know oh, yeah. just, I've always thought about that anyway Hey, last night on the broadcast It was brought up regarding Ethan Morton That, you know, I, I don't know if it was put in these terms But I'll paraphrase it here The Achilles heel would be Ethan Morton If he doesn't knock down wide open jump shots That clearly he's going to be given That could be the biggest problem for Purdue Would you view it that way?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of them. I, I, I think it's hitting shots, period. No matter who you are, Fletcher Lawyer, Ethan Morton, uh, even Mason Gillis, uh, uh, and, and to a extent, Caleb first, because we all know the poison most teams are going to pick facing Purdue is going to be trying to double down on Zach Eadie, and uh, that that's going to create some open looks. Is Purdue hitting its shots? Well, it's going to be hard to beat if it is, right? But if they're not hitting their shots – Things get dicey. And I, I'm, I'm going to say this, too. It always seems like every year in March, Purdue's going to face these uber-athletic teams. Right. It always gets down to containing the dribble on defense. Can Purdue contain the dribble? Mm. So, uh, you know, that's, that's to me, that's always going to be a, something that I'm going to keep my eye out for in March is that ability to defend super-athletic teams that can really work you off the dribble and attack the basket and shoot.
0: And, and you get a short-time... To prep, and then you get forty minutes to go out there, and you know if somebody has got it going, you got to find a way to get it stopped. I, I would agree with you on that, on that defensive side of the basketball in the backcourt, and that's nothing against you know Lawyer or Smith. Or anybody like that, but yeah, that, that can catch up. If you look at some of these upsets, you know, these um you know, these, you know, fourteen three, whatever upsets we're talking about, big number, small number upsets, oftentimes it's coming down to just incredible three point shooting, but it certainly always is about the guard play. And that's yeah. what's going to be key when you look ahead to March.
2: Yeah, being being able to create your own shot off the dribble in particular. And uh, that, that's always key when the shot clock's winding down, that creativity of your backcourt. So that's certainly going to be something, I, like I said, I'm going to be watching. And, and, you know, this is a pretty impressive stretch for Purdue, right? Four of the last five are on the road. Uh, they went 5-0. and o. I think they're 5-0 and o overall in the Big Ten on the road. 7-1 and one in the league. They come home to play Maryland, I think, at noon it is on, on Sunday. And here we go, right? Now, look at the schedule. I mean, it hasn't been a super murderer's row. Um, they played Nebraska and Minnesota twice already. They did win at Michigan State, which was big. And I'll tell you what, any win at Ohio State's impressive. And they got the win in the Palestra. But they still got, obviously, Indiana twice. I know Indiana's struggling, but it's still Indiana. And they've got Illinois at home. they got Iowa at home. they got to go to Wisconsin. They have to go to Michigan, I think, right after Maryland. So, well, I guess what I'm trying to say in a real roundabout way is there's some interesting heavy lifting left.
0: No, and you're right about that. Tom Deanhardt of Golden Black Illustrated joins us. But I mentioned this a little bit earlier with regard to Indiana. Um, they, they have started to, to get this thing kickstarted again. You know, from you know Wisconsin, and then last night in in Champaign, getting that mm-hmm. road win. We'll see where they go from here. But it, to me, whatever makes the fourth of February in that that first meeting more interesting with that matchup, I think the better. So hopefully, you know IU can continue that particular path. But you bring up late game situations, Tommy D, yep. and on the road, and it's tough enough to win on the road in the Big Ten anyway. We know that, but then. They've been winning, up until last night, they've been winning road games in one-possession situations, which mm-hmm. is even more difficult. What has impressed you about that asset that they've held so far this year?
2: Freshman guards, right? I mean, I was thinking back to the summer um, when all the NIL, NIL stuff really bubbled up. Remember, remember Nigel Pack, John? Oh, yeah. Nigel. Remember, remember the my, Nigel Pack drama, Indianapolis kid? Looked like he was headed to Purdue for sure. And all of a sudden, Miami swoops in with the $400,000-a-year offer, and he's gone. And, oh, my God, Purdue's going to have to rely on Braden Smith? Really? A true freshman point guard in the Big Ten? How's that going to work out? All the hand-wringing. Well, here we are, right? I mean, <laughs> who could have envisioned him playing at this level as, what, an 18-year-old? It's been unbelievable. Lawyers obviously have been great, too. But two freshman guards, true freshman guards, at this level, to play like they have on the road in the Big Ten in those conditions with that pressure has really, I think, been the biggest eyebrow raiser.
0: Have you happened to check the uh, Nigel Pack numbers just out of curiosity? Not, I'm, I'm, I bet they're not good. Well, what are they? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, 11-6 a game um, in 17 games so far. For Miami, I
2: think, uh, I think they got a good they got a good team though, don't they? Well, you know what? What he was at, right. he was
0: at Kansas State, right? I mean, at Kansas State. If you watched them the other night, they're hell. They're enjoyable to watch too.
2: Right? really, they've been one of the best stories in college basketball this year. You're right with, with Jerome Tang, but yeah, great win. And yeah, you're right. So I don't know. It's it's it's, it's been a fun storyline that backcourt, and then the fact Edie is able to play 30 minutes at that size and hold up and. I can you
0: i can't figure this out he's not fouling people well yes exactly that's what uh, a great segue because i'm curious because we've always talked about him not getting the benefit of a solid whistle is he getting a solid whistle do they are they learning how to to call it better for him what's what's going on with that because that is a compelling storyline not many folks are talking about
2: Usually you get at one of those games, Rod, Zach Eadie got two quick fouls. He had to sit for 12 minutes in the first half, and Purdue couldn't come back from the deficit. It hasn't happened. I have no idea. Um, if, if it's Maybe maybe it's the referee's unknowing bias. This is Zach Eadie. Um, maybe Painter's been in the rear, let this guy play. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't watched everything closely enough to figure out how he seems to avoid foul trouble all the time. It's been a godsend, obviously. I think he's got more blocks. Anthology's committed this year, some crazy stat like that. So, yeah, it's just been uh, one of the most surprising seasons I can recall in Purdue history. I go way back to uh, 1983-84 when Purdue was picked last in the Big Ten, and they won the league that year with Jim Rowenski and Matt Gaddis and those guys, uh, just an uncanny season. And, And here's Purdue, a team that wasn't even ranked in the preseason, picked about, what, fourth or fifth in the Big Ten? And here they are, flirting is one of the best teams in America.
0: You know, it's funny. You look back to the past two, last night in 27 minutes, and then you go back to to Monday afternoon on the road in East Lansing, back-to-back game, Zach Yeadie, zero fouls. That's
2: unbelievable. How...
0: Zero. <laughs> it's un... Mr. Blutarski, 0.0. <laughs> 0. <laughs> that is amazing. It is. Fast. That dumb stupid well, is no way to go through life. You know what? Do you remember? And I don't know if this still holds true, but I remember, uh, and, and maybe this is just like a Southern Indiana saying for basketball back in the day, but I remember people, coaches saying, you know what? If you don't have any fouls, you're not playing that hard. I'm sure. <laughs> I never really understood that, but that was uh, said to me more than a couple of different times. Clearly, he's playing hard, but oh, yeah. that is, for the last two especially, that's an amazing stat.
2: Yeah, that is amazing. I, I didn't even realize that. And I've, I've got a question for you. Okay, who, who do you think the second best team in the Big Ten is?
0: Oh man, um, that's a tough one. Yeah, I, eh, I that's a, that is a tough one right there. I would probably, <laughs> I would probably. Is it cool if I say
2: Rutgers? I know. I know. I know. I know they got beat, but still. I, yeah, I mean, in, I yeah. agree. I'm not. I'm not going to argue with that pick.
0: It's just they 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 and I don't know if I would pick them to go for example far in March, but man in a Big Ten game when it comes down to the end with that cast that they have that seemingly has been there forever, yeah they'd be tough for me at least they'd be tough for me to vote against. How about you?
2: Yeah, I mean I I, I would agree I love Paikel tough team can defend athletic and know their roles. Really impressed a lot of people when they went into Mackey a few weeks ago and and knocked off Purdue, the number one team in the country, for the second year in a row. So, yeah, just uh, incredible to think where that team is at with Eddie Jordan a few years ago and what Pike was done with it.
0: Well, What's funny Um, about this whole thing is we've seen ample flaws with everybody but Purdue.
2: Yeah, you know, everybody's going to hit adversity at some point. Purdue's going to hit their bump, you think, at some point. Like I said, there's some tougher games coming. They do get breaks, I think, with the only with the single plays. I know Illinois and Iowa aren't super great, but they only play Illinois and Iowa once, and that's both in Mackey Arena. So that helps, I think. And uh, they only play Michigan once, but it's in Ann Arbor. I know the Wolverines have been up and down, too. So, again, the schedule benefits them, but you do wonder at some point in life, I don't care who you are, you're going to have adversity. How do you respond to it so uh they've been healthy so far and they haven't hit any dry spells so it's been a, a real magic carpet ride to this point.
0: It has but no seriously that second best team in the Big Ten that is a wide ass open debate to have right there if you wanted it's to right. and even with Rutgers losing uh, to Michigan State uh, but Michigan State lost at home to Purdue on Monday yeah. you can make I, I think a lot of a lot of compelling arguments about anybody really
2: it seems like a, just a kind of a good league. Not, not a great league. Um, you kind of wonder in the end how many teams are going to get in the tournament. Um, and is we really going to finally punch his ticket to the Final Four? I don't know. But, again, uh, you wonder how good the league is overall in retrospect to everybody else.
0: Tommy, do you have your finger on the pulse of the Boilermaker fan base without question? Um, in all this, they they love it. They're enjoying it. But how much do they eyeball what actually takes place into the depth of March compared
2: to what's going down right now? Oh, you go on the message boards. You're already talking about who we don't want in our bracket or in our region. You know, potential <laughs> 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 number two seats could be. I mean, that, that, you know, fan fans are fans. They enjoy the speculation. But yeah, there's, there's already people, of course not not being able to live in the moment. We always want to look ahead, you know, what's going to happen in March, being all of the tournaments, the way a lot of people define your college basketball season, right or wrong. Um, so, yeah, I think um, a lot of fans are already looking to that because, as you know, we talk about every time it seems like 1980, Market Square Arena, Joe Barry Carroll, pretty last time they were in the Final Four with UCLA and Iowa and Louisville that year were the Doctors of Dunk and Daryl Griffith. So it's been over 40 years now. And, was uh, that
0: Iowa and Kevin Boyle and Ronnie Lester? Exactly right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are those were good old days right there.
2: That was one of the last years they had a third-place game. Iowa played Purdue in the third-place game. I think Purdue won. And Kiki Vandeway was UCLA's guy. And do you remember who UCLA's coach was? Walt Hazard? Larry Brown. Larry Brown. Darn it. <laughs> Peripatetic Larry Brown, one of his myriad stops. Man. Longest Hall of Fame career. So, yeah, well, see, again, everybody wonders about March. And, of course, last year, St. Peter's, John. Yeah. All you got to do is beat the Peacocks, and what you're in the elite Eight It's North Carolina. So, that was a tough pill to swallow. And that was with John, a lot of pick on your roster, as well as trading on Williams.
0: I don't know. I don't know if the fan base could take that, something like that again, could they?
2: Purdue fans have seen a lot of bad meltdowns and. In, 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 in March, and that had to be right up near the top. Uh, to lose that game to that team um, with that player, you know, that lottery player on your team, you think he could put you on your back and, and will you do a win over St. Peter's? It didn't happen. So yeah, that was, and then in the annals of Boilermaker angst. <laughs> that that, that lost last year had ranked
0: right up there. There's, there's a reason why there's angst there. I mean, it's not just all of a sudden we're trying to, you know, dig up something negative. There's some reason why there, there would be some angst. Hey, Tommy D., before I let you go, Tom Deanhart at Golden Black Illustrators on the Andy Moore automotive group potline. It has been widely discussed as of right now that Zach Eadie would be the lead in the player of the year candidacy. Um, do you think he is the lead dog there? And uh, who else do you think could be in that particular neighborhood at this point?
2: I I, I think he probably is the lead guy. Um, When you look at –
0: Jalen Wilson of Kansas was one that popped in my head because the 30-point effort he had at Kansas State the other night. I don't know what his numbers are this year. What the Sasser kid from Houston is another one. I, it's funny, I know people talk Trace had a 35-point game, and I'm not talking about player of the year, but within the Big Ten, Trace yeah. had that 35-point game. Uh, Chris Murray has been playing really well at Iowa, so there are some dudes I think you can talk about, yeah, at least at the Big Ten level, within the Big yeah. Ten at the top of that list right there.
2: Yeah, I, I've seen debate with, with, with Zach and, and, and Trace as far as being the Big Ten player of the year. So it's Far from over, but he's obviously in, in the conversation. We're already seeing midseason All-America teams being produced, and of course, Zach Eady's on it. He's gotten a lot of publicity. He already had pretty good name recognition coming into the year. He's he's a great story, a great storyline on one of more probable teams this year. So if if, if they can march to a, a Big Ten championship, and number one seed appears got two or three losses heading in the tournament. You know, it's going to be large because of Zach Eady's dominance. So he, he, he's got to be the, you know, at least one of the front runners, if not the front runner.
0: So, uh, Tom Dean Hart, Golden black illustrated. Uh, how are things, everything quiet on the uh, football front right now before I let you go?
2: Yeah, you know, nothing big. You know, the transfer portal closed up January 18th. Um, they, they brought four transfers in. Probably going to start spring football later than Jeff Palm did, not until after spring break and probably mid-March or so. But, yeah, still, you know, it's the honeymoon, John. It's the honeymoon, buddy. And it's going to last till what, kickoff in <laughs> September for, for Ryan Walters. He's got his staff in place, made his last last hire, hired a former Boilermaker to coach running backs. So he's got his assistant coaches and trying to finish up recruiting because February 1st is the second high school signing day across the country. Purdue's hoping to ink that kid from Indy, from Cathedral High School, the defensive tackle, uh, Gilbert.
0: And we'll see what happens there, too. Hey, by the way, Bill Bailey is the Bill real Bailey. name yep. of uh, Axel Rose. What's Izzy Stradlin's real name? I'm assuming at, at Lafayette Jeff, his name was not Izzy Stradlin.
2: Uh, his last name is Isabel, like I-S-B-E-L-L. I think it was Jeff Isabel. I know his last name was Isabel, I-S-B-E-L-L. Google that. I'm sure he's got a Wikipedia page with his real name, but I, I know his last name is Isabel. I think his first name's Jeff
0: He's supposed to be a really good dude too, by the way. From what I've heard,
2: somebody always told me he he's been he's been back in the Lafayette area for years. Hmm. So I'm not sure about that. But it's funny. I I still get out that that appetite for destruction album every every few months, and boy, there, there's some deep cuts on that that never get played, and you always forget about this. Oh so yeah. Good.
0: Well, I always you know when it when it in, in terms of uh, drug use, I always pull Mr. Brownstone <laughs> out of there. You know. <laughs> in in terms of women squealing in the background being pleasured there's rocket queen i you know play
2: that so it's all good it's unbelievable you're right (laughs) i I wish i could i wish i could card your 90s party you got me thinking my only two fun bands from the 90s yeah ugly kid joe was right up there my friend and one of your favorites jackal oh jackal
0: jackal jackal What's his get name? Jesse Jesse James something or other? What was his name?
2: J- Jesse James Dupree. Dupree, yes. Jackal. And uh, get, out, get out the first Jackal album. You won't, you won't ever regret it. It's always great to go back and listen to that. I Hate
0: Everything About You has been played on a <laughs> 90s JMV Takeover before, but I refuse to play. Remember they, they redid. They covered Cats in the Cradle, yep. and I refuse oh, yeah. to play that because that song <laughs> makes me want to cry.
2: Yeah, that, that is a little tear jerky, right? But that's a fun <laughs> one. To get that very first... I think it's on America's least wanted, that very first Ugly Kid Joe album. And, and give that it's hard to believe that stuff's 30 years old now.
0: Yeah, that kind of hit that right. It's, it's weird, they hit that in a weird spot, kind of like, um, um, whom I think of, they did Epic right now. Um, kind of hit that in the oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know you're
2: talking about with the flopping fish. They, they, they hit that, they hit that faith, in a, they, faith, a weird faith spot, Faith No, more, faith, faith, faith no, no more. more.
0: They hit that in a weird spot too, like EMF. Like a you know, it's supposed to be this garage band. They kind of hit that in a weird spot and only had one tune. So there you go.
2: <laughs> it was a lot of fun. It's fun to think and go back and you forget about you. You forget about so many songs and an artist over the years. Uh, it's fun when you you get some triggers there and you can remember them. Be
0: listening tomorrow night, Tommy D. I appreciate you more than you know. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. Be good, buddy. Uh, Tom Deanhart, Golden Black Illustrated on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline in depth on Purdue right there. Hope you enjoyed that. Bob Lovell, Tom Deanhart, Podcast 107.5, thefan.com. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, the voice of the Hoosiers. I'm sure he's happy after last night and the outcome in Champagne with the IU win over the Illini. Don Fisher joins us and let the records reflect that Don Fisher did use ball don't lie last night during the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Yeah, I did. <laughs> I, I throw I throw that in there every once in a while, John, just for comic relief.
0: I, well, I was right there. I was right there for it, Don, last night during the uh, ball. Ball don't lie. Say, I, I, I tell you, watching Illinois shoot free throws, it kind of reminded me of how IU has shot free throws in the past because the ball was the ball wasn't lying a lot last night. There was a lot of truth to that ball when when Illinois stepped to the free throw line.
3: That's why I had no problem using the phrase
0: last night. Because right, for a change at work, you know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. Don Fisher, voice of who there's. Where are you, are you right now? What gym? I'm literally at Mount Pleasant
3: Christian Church. Uh, they have a big workout facility here. And yeah. I'm walking around right now after finishing most of my stuff that I do.
0: I know Mount Pleasant very well, right there, not too far from me. Now do you
3: yeah I got yeah go I ahead. Got a couple of, you got a couple of basketball courts here you can play on all the time, John
0: I I have before I tried I tried my hardest not to sling those cuss words in that place. I feel bad when i do that well you should <laughs> I, do. I feel really really bad when i do that but no mount pleasant christian church and that's a great facility down off of fair road there uh yeah, in greenwood really. it is uh, don fisher is with us all right you've talked to you had that monday night show with mike woodson i'm, I'm curious we have seen uh, inspiring play to start against Wisconsin and really throughout that game and to start again last night against Illinois, not so much talking about it offensively, but on the defensive end, what's been the difference? Why that particular level of inspiration, you think, starting last Saturday against Wisconsin? What's changed?
1: Well, I think I think they
3: obviously they had a team meeting without coaches, so that was part of it. I don't know what was said, obviously. I wasn't in the meeting, and they're not going to reveal what was said. But whatever was said, it obviously worked, and uh, some leadership was a was a uh, obviously a big part of that. Well, I think Mike Mike Woodson also <laughs> went a long way with his practice session on Friday leading up to that ball game, making sure everybody understood exactly what they wanted from that uh, ball game and how they wanted to execute the game plan. And <laughs> I got a little bit of an inside source yesterday that or, or last night after the ball game that the walkthrough that they had prior to the ball game was one of the best they've had all year. Uh, and if somebody didn't do what they were supposed to do, <laughs> Mike grabbed a hold of them and put them in the position they were supposed to be in. And it didn't happen just not just one time, but it happened a bunch of times. So I, I think he's starting to get through to these guys that look, there's a way to win. And if you don't do it, we're probably going to lose because your way so far hasn't worked. <laughs>
0: right. So, Right,
3: I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty impressed, really, with the last two ball games, though. How hard they played, the intensity level they played with. Last night, I was really pleased, John, because you know that after they had the 19 point lead, really kind of got on a roll toward the end of the first half and whittled that lead down to 10. But they came out in the second half and did exactly what we've always talked about first five minutes most important you got to play with huge intensity and you got to play really strong at the defensive end and they did that and again they they took the lead back out to 16 points or 18 points whatever it was at 21 at one point I just think it was a tremendous performance and the effort and the mental focus was there.
0: Yeah it's a Don Fisher voice of the Hoosiers doing his walkthrough right now at Mount Pleasant down in Greenwood on the Andy Moore Automotive Group pot line. confidence is a hell of a thing I mean it really is and And obviously, I I kind of equated Trace to Miles Turner of the Pacers. Man, when they get started early, it just seems like everything is elite, high level for Trace. I mean, I'm talking offense, and especially only getting single coverage most of the night as he did, which is kind of inexplicable to me. We'll get to that in a second. But passing, defense, I mean, everything else just seems like it, it comes and is so good for him when he gets that confidence and gets off early. Um, and you saw that also last night with Jordan Geronimo. Somebody really needed it. He got off the mark, knocked down that first three, made some shots in that first half. It was tougher for him in the second half. But I mean, confidence is something for somebody that is searching, and Geronimo has been one of those players on this team that's been searching.
3: There's no question about that. And He last night really played great in the first half. He really did. And I, I I was mystified a little bit as to why he didn't play more minutes in the first half because they took him out, and I don't think he came back in um, probably with about eight minutes to go in the first half. And I, I honestly didn't understand that, but that's all coaches and what they're trying to do. And maybe they were trying to get Malik a few more minutes and get him on the same path that uh, Jordan has going on because as we know, Malik has kind of slowed down with his performances. But in the last three games, he's actually gotten a little bit better. So. You know, right now, you know, coaching uh, philosophically is a very difficult job. But more than that, the psychology of coaching is the main thing that you've got to deal with these days. If you don't have that psychology working for you, you're in real trouble. And I think Mike has probably figured that out to some degree. And I think that's one of the reasons this team has kind of turned it around here in the last couple of games.
0: It's a Don Fisher who joins us. And I mentioned the, the level of confidence with Trace. And inexplicably – Brad Underwood went single coverage most of that game, sent occasionally somebody to double in the second half. But as I mentioned, once Trace gets that confidence, his entire game blossoms in one. I mean, everything blossoms. Then by that time, he was throwing out of that double team. He was making the right pass, a quick pass for a wide-open shot defensively. Without question, he was playing well. By that time, Trace had gotten off, and that matchup was over for Illinois.
3: Well, I, and I agree. I think Trace is. I just think Trace has played really well the last. I mean, tremendously well the last two ball games. And and beyond that, he's played ever since race went down. I think his game has picked up. I think he realizes how important he is with this ball club right now. And he's played a ton of minutes. Uh, not so much last night as he did previously in the prior couple of ball games. But he is playing a ton of minutes, and yet it doesn't seem to affect him negatively. So. I'm just really excited about the way he's performing. And I think he had a major role in the players' only meeting that they had last week. I think he had a major role as a leader on this basketball team and maybe getting some of these guys to understand exactly what's needed.
2: Well, You
0: could tell during the game last night when that press started to get to them in the second half he went over and he said, hey, give me the ball. And then there were a couple of different times where he kind of, he when they got him a pass, he, he brought it up. So you could tell that that leadership was certainly at a much higher level than we have seen because you actually saw it in that second half when things were kind of sputtering for them against that press a little bit.
3: Yeah, and Trey Galloway had a big, big couple of plays in a row there that really helped as well uh, because they were really struggling with that pressure that uh, Illinois was putting on. And... Trey had two big plays in a row, one was all thing in a basket and uh, a steal, or not a steal, but a uh, timeout that he called on top of that. So, really, I, I thought he was a difference maker as well, especially against the press and kind of returning Indiana to get back up to that 14, 16 point lead. I, I think this kid's really playing good basketball, too. I'm proud of him. And I'm, I know he's, he, I don't say he's reticent to take shots. But he doesn't look for a shot nearly enough because, you know, that three he shot up there last night was really big, especially early on for confidence, if nothing else. And uh, I wish he'd just take a few more of them because I think he could really shoot the basketball now.
0: Well, I heard that plea from you last night, matter of fact, too. <laughs> and I, I, You would know better than certainly I or anybody else would. Do do the, the coaches tell him to take that when he gets the opportunity? Is he told that or not?
3: I think he probably is. I just don't know. I've never asked any of the coaches, but I've said, I've asked the coaches, what do you think of him and how much he's improved as a shooter? And every one of them will talk very positively positively about that. I think uh, the big thing with Fred Galloway is that he is, he's a team guy first. And I think he's always been that for the most part. And even though in high school, I think he was uh accredited with being a very good shooter until he had the wrist problem toward the end of his career there. But I think he's always been a team-first guy and a guy that tried to facilitate as much as he possibly could. And I think that mentality has kind of kept him from being the shooter that I think he can be.
0: So Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I heard on your Monday night show that Mike Woodson had stated that Malik Renu, the freshman, had his best game to date against wisconsin you know he didn't put up big numbers last night but i thought he followed that up positively once again in his time on the floor in champagne
3: yeah he did and that's that's what i'm talking about the last two or three ball games he's really kind of gotten his mojo back so to speak he's starting to understand better what he's supposed to do out there uh how to handle different things the double teams that come to him those kinds of things i just think he's going to be a terrific basketball player at indiana And you go through plateaus when you're a freshman, all kinds of things are coming into play, as we know. Social media, along with girls and classes and all those kinds of things. And there's no doubt, for a while there, he was really kind of sputtering along. But he has, I think, got his mojo back. I think he's starting to believe in himself a little bit more and gotten some confidence, which you spoke of at the outset of this interview. I think he's starting to really believe that he can get it done.
0: You know, Don, last night we were talking about their defense a little bit earlier and, and things they, they did not grasp, for example, going back a week against Penn State that we really didn't understand. And Last night you could tell Matthew Myers, a guy that we've seen plenty of during his time at Baylor is a three-point shooter, a three-point artist, and they didn't let him get a sniff of anything last night. <laughs> no,
3: they didn't. I mean, I was – Going into the ballgame, John, I can honestly say that I thought if there was gonna be a difference maker for Illinois in this ball game, it was him. Yep. Because he has been playing terrific the last three or four ball games himself for Illinois and fucked on their four game winning streak that they were on. I think he was one of the real keys to why they were able to win those ball games. Indiana didn't allow him a point and barely a shot last night
0: yeah i mean nothing and, and he went down in the second half and he got yanked and, and sat down and they were having to go over and and talk to him and console him because it, <laughs> i mean it was you you could tell that he he was he was absolutely shredded by what they did they took him out of absolutely everything last night
3: they did i mean it that's that's one of the reasons i think last night's performance I think Eric said this on the way home last night, too. He said that may be the best 40 minutes of basketball we've seen in Indiana play this year because of what was involved. You're on the road. You're playing against a really good basketball team. And what Indiana did to Illinois last night from a defensive perspective was special because they've got a really talented team.
0: They do. So Don Fisher on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Did, did Eric or anybody else have much of an explanation as to why Brad Underwood had the intention on handling Trace, especially in that first half, defensively, the way that he ended up doing it?
3: Well, and I respect Brad Underwood a lot. I think he's a really good basketball coach, but I have no idea what he was thinking last mm. night. <laughs> I mean, I just didn't, I couldn't understand why they would not double team at all I mean, maybe they double teamed a couple of times last night, but it was more of what was going on on the floor at that point in time, just picking up and guy stepping in there. But there was no intention to double team him. That was the that was what was so astounding, because the, I guess the game plan for most teams is we got to at least double team this guy. We can't let him get started. And last night they let him get started, and they never allowed him not
1: to keep going.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Nat, and The other thing was when he got teed up. He was lost and single-mindedly focused on that for the better part of five-plus minutes. I mean, that's the way that it looked. I I mean, I, I mean, I, I know that sometimes you can get taken out of a game, and I'm sure that he had everything under control or whatever. But he looked like a guy that was certainly less worried about the game and more worried about why he got teed up. It was like five minutes long he was with that.
3: I've seen him do that before, though. <laughs> I think that's a tendency. He's a little like Fran McCaffrey in that in that <laughs> way. He, he gets a little red face, too. But I will say this about Brad. he He's a great interview. Um, yeah, he is. One of those yes. guys. And he, you know what? Uh, 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 he's, he's, a, he's a coach that understands what the media wants and needs, uh, maybe needs more than anything else. He's never turned down. In fact, he told me the first time I met him, he was so excited to do the interview and I was I was shocked by that in itself because how many coaches want to do a media interview with somebody you don't know well at any rate he just told me he says look I was a telecom major in college he said and I wanted to get into broadcasting but he said really I didn't know if I was going to be able to coach or not but coaching was really my first love but broadcasting would be my second and he said I'm always going to take care of you guys because you guys do a great job and and we understand what you need, and so therefore, I'll do an interview if I can do it. Last year he couldn't do it for some reason. I can't remember what it was, but it was a legit, a legit scenario. But he he's done it every other year he's been at Illinois, and every ball game that we played him. So I just respect him a lot. Yeah,
0: so, yeah. I- I like him as a coach because he's a guy that's going to he's going to rip some ass, but he's going to stand up for you like he was doing last night. Now that was more about standing up for himself because that tee came from like ninety feet away or whatever. But he he's going to he's going to rip your ass, but he's also going to stand up for you. And you know, I I like I like I would like being I would like you know my kids to be coached up like that. I wouldn't mind it at all.
3: I agree, and I and I think that's that's a big part of today. I think. I think a lot of coaches feel like they're hamstrung today, but the coaches that are really good at their job, they, they do exactly what they think they should be doing and handle guys just exactly the way they think they should be handled. In most cases, I think they do a great job.
0: So, Don Fisher with us. Before I let you go, and I'll let you finish up that workout at Mount Pleasant down off of Fairview in Greenwood. Getting that... <laughs> hey, you just don't, you don't look like that, the ageless wonder that you are, just by accident. You know what I mean? You work at it. <laughs> No, it's called jeans, John. It's jeans. <laughs> you work at it. You work at it, and you make us all—all all us other dudes out there—incredibly flustered when you look the way that you do. But um, Michigan State. NIU, IU, we we saw Michigan State obviously on Monday, you know, losing a final possession. Or I should say, yeah, near final possession, but a one possession loss to Purdue. Uh, we saw them against Rutgers turning around, um, and we we know a lot about this Michigan State team. How do you think this thing matches up coming up at noon on Sunday?
3: Well, I will say this: I don't think they have the dominant big guy inside that they've had. Now that that's not to say that Sosoko is not a good player. But I don't think they have the dominant front-line area players that they've had in some of the past years. I think their strength is in their guards. Hogard's a guy that really killed us last year and really played well. It wasn't necessarily how many points he scored, but he just kind of dominated uh, our guards a little bit. And I think that will have to be taken care of in this ballgame if Indiana's to win. I don't think there's any question that Indiana can win. But it's going to take the same kind of performance as we've seen in the last two ball games at the defensive end of the court. If Indiana gets that, they will give themselves a great chance to knock off Michigan State and pick up their third straight victory.
0: And really, that, that third game, too. Like We've talked about Wisconsin. We talked about last night. That third game at home, because last time out, they played a noon game on Sunday. Uh, they came out like the game was at 2 o'clock. I mean, that's kind of how <laughs> they looked against Northwestern in that first half, certainly. And I think... That third game is when we're going to find out if what we have seen in the past two, if that's real and something that can be longer lasting or if it's just kind of like a moment or two or a game or two in time.
3: Yep, you gotta be you've gotta be consistent and if you're if you're gonna be a contender, and Indiana right now I don't think is in contention because Purdue is just not letting anybody get into contention, but if you're gonna be a contender you have flat got out to be consistent with your play, especially at the defensive end of the floor. And you've got to be a team that understands what you're supposed to do offensively from a role perspective. And if those two things come to fruition, Indiana's got a chance to be a really good basketball team the rest of this year, and maybe...
0: Live up to expectations. That'd be nice, too. And speaking of Purdue, I mean, they're going to run away, or at least they look as if they're going to run away with this. But Michigan State, Rutgers, Wisconsin, everybody else for IU is within an arm's reach of this thing right now. So that's, that's, what you, right. that's what you're looking for right now. And plus, you keep playing. This will make this February 1st matchup with Purdue look really good further down the road. But, yeah, you've got plenty of teams in front of you right now that you can certainly catch.
3: There's no question about that, John. In fact, I think with the exception of Purdue, everybody else in the league right now is with Indiana's within. Everybody that's ahead yes. of them in the conference. They're, they're only one game back in the lost column. So right now they're in position to do something really good here in the next couple of weeks
0: he is he's working out right now are you done cooling down what's happening you going to go down and get a smoothie downstairs there
3: no i'm not going to get a smoothie i'm going to go home <laughs> take a shower and take my wife to
0: dinner <laughs> oh where are we going tonight we're going to our table oh you are our table i've not been, been there? there i have not been there yet
3: what are you doing, John? I mean, that place has been open for about two years now, and it's just the best place in the South Side.
0: Um, I don't eat in front of people too often. <laughs> <laughs> well, you chew with your mouth open. What? <laughs> but I, I like you. Have heard it is really good. I have gone. I've gone there on a. Um, Saturday morning, they sell baked goods on a Saturday morning. That's a big deal down there. You go about yeah. 9 o'clock, you stand in line. I stood in line for bread, like a loaf of bread or something, uh, about a month ago or so. <laughs> so I stood in line for a loaf of bread. But I've heard great things regarding our table. How many times have you been there?
3: Oh, I would say probably we started going there, let's see, Probably about eight months ago, and we've probably been there about fifteen times. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's literally three miles from where I live. So,
3: well, I'm telling you, it's I. I mean, my wife and I love this place. We love the ambiance of it. Um, you need to get a reservation if you have a couple more. If you don't want to sit in the bar area, you need to get a reservation if you got more than a couple people with you. But. I'm telling you what, it's it's just a great place. I've not had a single meal that I didn't think was exceptional there.
0: Do they do carry out? I'm a carry out guy. Do they do carry out? You know, I've never tried it. So, I don't know if they do or not. I uh, Mike Mike Duke would know something about our table and he told me it's fantastic. So, it is. I was, it's good. Yeah. All right. our table. For Don Fisher tonight. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Getting that workout in so you can put the feedback on. Savvy. I got you, man. I got you. That, that is savvy. <laughs> All right. Hey, have a great night and a great dinner tonight at our table. And uh, we'll be listening coming up on Sunday. That is an 11 o'clock pregame show. Noon is the tip down in Bloomington, correct?
3: Sounds good, John. That's exactly right. You got it, buddy. Thanks, Don.
2: Thanks, bud. It See
0: is uh, Don Fisher, voice of the Hoosiers, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Anybody else out there been to our table? Tweet at me.